Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit fbcnavasota.org. Okay, so if you want to, if you want to join the choir, the tryouts are, are held uh, on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, and uh, you have to be able to, to sing that entire song without moving your feet, and you cannot go ahead and become exhausted immediately following. Wow, good stuff. All right, we've got some exciting things that have gone on uh, in our in our community in the last few days, and uh, do you know who this is? Do you know, do you know who this is? All right. This is the Navasota football team. They are now by district champions. They beat Bridge City this past Friday night, 41 to 12. They did great. I'll tell you a little bit about it. First of all, Zach passed efficiently. There's number five that is out there. Now, understand, it, for those of you that were around in 2012 and 2014 that saw the Navasota Rattler State Championship teams, if you remember a number five as a tailback, that was, that was the brother of the current number five. Uh, Darian Randall was, was a sledgehammer. Hand him the ball, he would get you three yards no matter what, no matter who was on the other side. Darius had a real difficult time at the beginning of this year. Let me tell you about being a leader. A leader does not mean you, you go ahead and have everything go your way and you just walk along in, in it with... <laughs> you don't walk along with hummingbirds and unicorns and everything's fine. Darius got benched and he didn't give up and he didn't give out and he didn't give in and he kept working and he scored a grand total of seven touchdowns on Friday night, two of which were called back. He absolutely tore Bridge City in half. Now, that team immediately following, they found out that they're going to be playing a very, very good team this next week. And so you as Rattler fans, just, just like Chad had said in the article in the newspaper, if you want some fun, figure out where they're playing, go to the game, and Wear blue and yell loud, okay? Because this is going to be this is going to be a knife fight in a phone booth. It's going to be a tough game, but it's going to be a fun thing to watch. Now these are the by district champions. It's been a while since we've been able to do that, but we've got a great team and a great bunch of folks. And the coach of the team is a fellow by the name of Casey Dacus. And if you have not met him yet, he's worth meeting. He's a Christ follower, and I got to know him this past year, and somebody that you would want to get to know and know about. A couple of things about him. He was interviewed immediately following the game. This is a particularly humble individual. He's patiently led this team from a tough non-district schedule to where they are today. And when he was asked about how they will do next week, he simply said these words. He said, they will do their very best. I know them. Guys, listen, a leader is a person that can go ahead and be humble and confident at the same time. A leader can be humble and confident at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. 
And we have a good leader for our football team. I respect Coach Dacus, and I'm grateful for him. So, do you know who this is? Yep. George Armstrong Custer was an American military icon. And for most of his very short life of 36 years, he was a cavalry leader for the Union Army during the Civil War. He, by the way, he was actually stationed here in Navasota right after the war. He was stationed here. Immediately following the war, all of the, all of the armaments from Anderson, Texas, and around the area that had been used by the Confederate States were required to be put in a warehouse that was immediately behind what is now Prosperity Bank here in Navasota. It's a big warehouse that was there. All of the gunpowder, all the cannonballs, all the long arms, everything was required to be turned in and put there. And Custer was here throughout most of the summer. Now summer in Navasota without air conditioning is tough, amen? And an interesting thing happened to that warehouse. It caught on fire mysteriously one night. Mysteriously. Do you read the finger quotes that the pastor is giving you? Mysteriously. Immediately following it blowing up, and by the way, if you want to see parts of the fire that it created, if you go down to the railroad, to Railroad Street, and if you're headed that way towards Brandon Railroad Street, you take a right, right at the railroad, and you'll see some buildings there, and if you look on the back side of the buildings, you can still see the scorch marks from that fire. It's up on the brickwork. It's never cleaned off. It's there. It's amazing stuff. It burned about a third of the town down. It was such a tremendous explosion. Now, an interesting thing that happened to Custer, immediately following him being released from his duty of guarding something that is blown up, he, he travels out west and he begins his, his quest of fighting against Native Americans, what you and I have called for years and years Indians. Custer was assigned to fight Native Americans in the West and did well until he ran into the Cheyenne and the Lakota at the Little Bighorn in June of 1876. Prior to the battle, he told his brother, who was along with him, these words. He said, I'm too big to kill. I'm too big to kill. Well, the Cheyenne thought he was the perfect size for a target. And he accepted their uh, evaluation up on top of Last Stand Hill. Now, both of these pictures indicate leaders. Both of these were leaders. But one of them was a little bit more successful than the other, at least recently. So what's the difference between the two? And what is a leader? You see, a year from now, we will know who the next President of the United States will be. There are over a dozen candidates who right now are vying for your vote. Every one of them is telling you what they will do for you, what they believe, and more importantly, what they will give you if you vote for them. They're interested in watch. the interesting thing in watching this is a sense of how they view leadership. It is about them getting the office, not about doing the job. 
Now, I'm not speaking to you, and there's not an elephant behind me, and there's not a donkey behind me, and there's not a sickle and hammer behind me. There's nothing behind me. This is true of virtually every single person that right now is running for political office. It's a sad commentary of who we are. But let's take a step back a minute. Which one of these are you going to choose? By the way, don't expect your pastor to tell you who to vote for. That's not my job. Not my monkeys, not my circus. And that's not my job. It is your job. Listen, if you have to ask who to vote for, look at me. Please, if you forget everything else during this sermon, get this. Ask God. Don't ask the opinion of somebody else. Seek out what God wants in your life. Who God wants to go ahead and lead not only our country, but our state, our city, our county, all the way around. By that, but that, that's all free. That's not part of the sermon. That was just a little rabbit that ran by there, and I thought I'd chase that. Ask God. Is there one of these candidates, though, that fits a biblical model better than another? Again, ask God. The more important thing that you and I ought to be asking is, what is a leader according to God's Word? And do you fit that description that Jesus stated in Matthew chapter 20? We're going to take a look at that. And if you have your Bible, I'm going to invite you to turn over to Matthew chapter 20. It's important that you go ahead and look in the Word of God. When Jesus was, when Jesus was speaking about leadership, He was talking to His disciples, and at the time He was doing this, They were watching him, and one after another, after another, after another, after another situation came up where Jesus not only told them what was going to happen, what was going on, described what God was doing, but he also began to talk to them specifically about how you and I ought to approach leadership. So I'm going to invite you to do what we always do on Sunday mornings. We stand for the reading of God's Word. So stand with me, and I'm going to invite you to read with me This passage out of Matthew's Gospel. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. May God bless the reading of His Word. Please be seated. Jesus spoke these words right before healing a man. In a very short time, He would send out, and you can read about this in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, In a very short time, a matter of fact, the last six months of his ministry, for three years the disciples had seen Jesus minister. And he was going to send out a group of followers. And these group of followers, 70 of them, would go out and, and by the way, this is really good. If you're trying to find out where we got the idea of house churches and things like that, he sends them not out into the temples and synagogues and places that we would think of as places of worship. He sends them out into individual homes. This is the first home church group. 
that Jesus sends these 70 two-by-twos all the way out. Interesting thing happens. Jesus defines biblical leadership as follow me. Follow me. Now, we're going to show a picture here, kind of a funny image. Y'all know what this is? These are lemmings, okay? Lemmings are little tiny animals that have been known to follow each other in a group. They cannot fight. They can't defend. The only thing they can do is gnaw on you if you were dumb enough to put your finger out there with something they wanted to gnaw on it about. But they have a tendency to follow one another around. Group think. And it has been recorded that lemmings will literally walk off the side of a hill or mountain and fall to their doom, okay? When we talk about biblical leadership as a model of follow me, this is not what we're talking about. You don't follow somebody over the edge of a cliff into destruction. Matter of fact, if you're a leader, the Bible says what we do is we follow God. We follow God. Leadership does not mean yelling charge and expecting others to go. It means that you are all in two. And while those lemmings had a leader that went off the cliff first, that's not true biblical leadership. That's poor leadership. But it's absolute commitment on the part of that leader. Follow me. Folks, God wants better than that. You see, leadership is demonstrated. It's not commanded. Jesus modeled what to do. And if you read in the Gospel accounts, you'll find that again and again, as He has to perform a miracle, as some situation comes up that's a conflict between the religious leaders and Himself, He always takes the time to explain to the disciples and the others that were there, here's what's happening. Here's the real thing that is happening. Don't get confused with all of the other chatter and noise around. This is what God is really looking at. And folks, hear this. God does not want you today to walk in the walk of your life and simply kind of say, all I've got to do is exist until next week. All I've got to do is exist until the next paycheck, until the next championship, until the next game, until the next whatever it is. God doesn't want us to exist. He wants us to live life abundantly. How do you do that? You live life abundantly by following His leadership. When He says, follow me, as He did to the disciples, follow me, follow me, follow me. He's not going in saying, get out in front of me, charge! He's saying, do what I, do, what I am doing. Pay close attention because one day you will be doing this. I thought it was really interesting that while I was standing on the sideline this past Friday night, and, and well, I'm going I'm to back up. All right, all right, Chad, stand up. Stand up. Come on, hurry, hurry. The longer, yeah, I need to go work. We need to have a healing service for your knees too, okay? That's Chad, okay? Chad is a chaplain with our football team. Don't I didn't say sit down yet, Chad. Stand up. All right, Chad is a chaplain for our football team. He is also my personal bodyguard, all right? So here's what happened. 
So we're, we're standing there, and Chad has this, this constant chant that he does. Okay, what's the constant chant you try to get everybody to do? Well, if you'll participate, you and I can start. We'll D. Do. D up! D! D. D. Okay, sorry. Up! 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 That's it. That's what Chad Chad does. Now here's the really interesting... You may sit down, Chad. All right. Here's the really interesting thing about that. Halfway through the game, there is a play that is coming to our sideline. And I'm standing there looking like Big Bird, wondering what I should do. Because I am now not young. And as I'm standing there, I see the play coming this way, and having been the victim of that one time when I was at SMU, I started stepping back. It's a smart thing. Old, brittle. And as I'm going back, I see that I'm not going to get there in time. I'm not going to get out of the way. So what would you do? I followed Chad. I did. Here he is. I figure if they go through him and get to me, I'm dead anyway, all right? So I stepped behind. You didn't even know this. I stepped behind him, and I put my hand on his back. That was the brace, okay? And it occurred to me that if... 400 pounds of kids who are running full speed hit Chad, and Chad is hit and knocked over. I'm buried by a half ton that is going to go ahead and mush me like a squirrel in the middle of the road. But I die happy. I share this with you because follow me does not mean I go ahead in leadership and hide behind people. Follow me means I am out front on point. And if you watch on Fridays, he's out front in front of the kids. That's why they will listen when he says, D! Good, y'all got it. Be there Friday, all right? You have the chance to go ahead and follow a leader, Jesus, who instead of saying, yell this, will say, follow me, and become like me. And here's the really cool thing, folks. He doesn't leave you and me to become like Him and hopefully design ourselves like Him. The Bible says that He will come in and fill your life. You invite Him in, He will fill your life and begin to slowly change you from the inside out to look like Him. Follow me is what a leader commands. A leader, according to the Bible, lives by the words he speaks and gives a clear picture of how to lead. I want to share with you this. You are this morning equipped to lead. This morning, you are equipped by God to lead. Every single one of us in this room is. Every person in this room is equipped by God himself to lead in some capacity. You have been given an ability that fits into God's grand scheme to bring glory to Jesus. Yep, even if you would quake, if you were standing up here in front of the entire congregation and had to speak, even if you're that person that would be scared to death and your knees would shake, 
God can use you in a leadership position. Even if you are quaking at the thought of teaching, God has a call on you to lead. So how do you discover your leadership areas? Leaders always begin, as we said earlier, always begin as followers. Always. Always. Just a few minutes ago, I talked with you about the fact that yesterday was your last game at Kyle Field. Aggie Cadet, your last game, okay? By the way, I'm going to share with you. Your grandmother and your grandfather keep me informed of everything you have ever done at Texas A&M, okay? I know it all. But yesterday was your last day in the Corps on, on the field at Kyle Field. That's it. No more, no more Saturdays to do that. In order to go ahead and become a successful part of, and I'm, I'm asking this, no authority here. You don't go in ranked at the top of the core when you, when you enlist in that, do you? You have to go through a special little process that is just this side of hell to become a member of the core. Is that correct? You want, to be, you want to go to heaven because Jesus loves you and died for you because you've already seen a little taste of the infernal regions, okay? All right. You had to become a follower and learn how to do all of these things. You and I must become followers to learn how to do all of these things according to God. You become a follower. If you're going to be a leader, you always start as a follower. And followers don't mean that you just simply kind of go, okay, well, I'm walking behind Jesus, whatever. I'm just, no. You're actively watching the entire time. Zach, I pick on you a lot because I like you. Here's one of the things that you're really good at, okay? When your coach asks you and you walk off the field and he said, what are you doing? I sit there and eavesdrop on the conversation. And you will say, say, he will say, they were set up in a two-deep zone. They were doing this and this and this. And a question by one of the assistant coaches will come in. Well, did they do this? No. What they did was this, 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 and this. He's got one of those little minds that can pick up everything. Did he, did he come equipped as a quarterback to do that? No. He had to learn it by following others' leadership. You and I are not put in the position as Christ followers to say, you know what, I am now the king of all Christians. No, we already got that. His name's Jesus. What you and I have to do is follow Him so we learn how to become like Him. So we open our, our lives so the Holy Spirit can pour into us the skills that become Evident to, God, evident to others and equipped by God so we can pour them out to a people that need to hear about God. That's why we do this. That's why leadership is important. That's why godly leadership is essential in your life. You're equipped to lead. You will stop becoming a follower when you take your last breath. Yep, even as a leader, you're still a follower. God elevates the humble and the available, the ones He can trust with His holy message. So how do you know what your gift and ability is? This is the fascinating thing about being a Christ follower. I don't know if you, if you listened carefully 
to the special music today. Mark was singing a solo. Now, you've got it in your bulletin, but Mark has a voice that, that is a gift from God, okay? It, it really is. Gordon has a voice that is a gift from God. I can tell when Gordon is singing more than anybody. I can tell when Sharon Coffey is singing. Ginger, I can tell when you're singing, okay? There are people that have these distinctive type voices. Do you all know what I mean? This is like this. Okay, this is like Steve Perry, the, the guy that was lead singer of Journey, okay? That kind of really clear voice that when you hear it, you go, I know who that is. That kind of distinctiveness and giftedness is what God equips, listen to me, every single one of you with. I'm not talking about a voice. Although as I was listening to people sing, there's some of you all that are out here that need to be up here. I thought I'd get an amen from the choir members. Come on. Thank you, choir. God, tough crowd. Whatever that giftedness is, that is the thing that God will use in your life to let you lead in that area. We have a group of ladies that meet over here in this far room that, that put together quilts. What in the world? Why would people want to do that? That's what my grandma used to do. You know what? Your grandma used to do it, and you can do it too. And some of the folks that are over there have incredible skills at being able to knit things together that I never would be able to do because I'm not gifted and equipped to be able to do that. But these people are, and it's something that if you wanted to be a part of, you can use God's giftedness in something that is as humble as a quilt that somebody will pull over them and give thanks for the hands that made it and be able to give glory to God. Whatever gift you have is a gift for God to use to bring glory to Jesus. The way that happens is the Holy Spirit giving you specific gifts and abilities in order to honor God. What are things like that? What are some of these gifts and abilities? Here's a couple of them that are, that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 14. Leading others to a faith in Christ. That's a Holy Spirit gift. Some of you all have that. By the way, if you don't know somebody that has that, I can share with you someone that does. On Wednesday nights... Gordon will sit there and talk to kids about their relationship with Jesus. He, he, he did it this past week as well during Upward Basketball Halftime. Talking to people about Jesus. He has a gift of evangelism, of being able to share with people. How can you know that you know that you know that you're going to get to heaven? Guys, it's the most important question that you ought to be asking yourself this morning. Am I going to get to heaven? And if you know Jesus, if you've asked Him to come into your life and you've trusted this isn't religion. This isn't Baptist stuff. This is Bible stuff. This is Jesus stuff. And if you've asked Him to come and forgive your sin, listen to me, folks. It's not because the Baptist preacher tells you so. It's because the Bible is true. And God says that if you have asked Him to forgive you, He is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness, everything. Yeah, even what you did as a junior in high school. Got some of you all. Wait, you knew that? Wait, no. 
But God never, never blinked. And He can forgive you of all of it. Leading others to Christ is one of those gifts. There's another one. The, be able, the ability to teach others about Christ. Some of you have wonderful teaching gifts. I've listened to you. There's a reason that Bill Murray went into education. There's a reason that all of your family did. They have gifts of teaching. Although I've never seen a dog that can do a sit-up. I meant to ask you, if, I, if, if my dog would do a sit-up for a treat, I want to have that dog, okay? You don't have a dog right now. I've got a 100-pound black lab that has your name written on her. Teaching others about Christ and about Jesus would be a, a spiritual gift. There's another one. Doing ministry in the name of Jesus. Guys, listen. We have a group of men here who put together ramps. Ramps for folks that are, that, are, that are physically challenged. Some of them are in wheelchairs. Others are going to be in them for a while. These ramps are put together by folks that, that can use mechanical tools to put screws into wood and hold them together and design them and set them up and efficiently do that. We're going to be, as a church, inviting you to go ahead and go to Highland Lakes to repair some of the dormitories out there on January 17th, that weekend in 2020. If you want to sign up for that, all you've got to do is go on our website and sign up electronically so that we can know that you're going to be a part of that particular group. Ministry cannot be something that we get a pat on the back for only. It has to be done to bring glory to God. What we're doing today should not be about a pastor. It shouldn't be about a church. It should be about the one true God who loved you enough to die for you on a cross. And that's the God that is worth doing work and service to. So let me ask you this question this morning. Are you ready to lead? Are you ready to lead? Maybe instead it is time first that you become a follower of Jesus. To get to know His love and His grace so that you can share it when the time comes. I invite you this morning to let God lead you to a relationship with Him. For some of you, it's for the very first time. Forget about, forget about your past. Forget about past church. If you feel inside of your heart this morning a still small voice saying, I love you and I want you, that is the Lord. And He is calling you to follow Him. That's how you become a leader. Holy Father, in the next few minutes, I pray that Your Holy Spirit will speak to each one of our lives. This won't be church. This will simply be a holy time of You doing business with us. If what we need more than we need our next breath is a relationship with You, then God, I pray that we will not leave this building without getting that settled. The trust that 2,000 years ago when You died on the cross, You knew our face and our name 
what we had done and where we had been and, and you loved us anyway. And that you call our only response to be yes when you say follow me. Well, that time where you're calling follow me is right now. I pray that we will say yes. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In our church, at this particular time of the worship service, we have what's called an invitation. I was not raised Baptist. Okay? So when I went to my first Baptist church service, I remember at the very end, everybody stood up, and they had a pastor that was down at the front, and he, he stood there kind of looking anxiously at the congregation. I'm going to share with you. No one should walk up here to this, to this place unless God has said, I'm calling you to follow me. But if He is calling you, I would love to pray with you about what He is calling you to do next in your walk with Jesus. I don't have special words that I'll somehow anoint you with. But what I can do is pray for you to hear what God wants you to hear and to do what He says to do next. During this song, if God is calling your name, I'll be here at this altar area. You come as God leads. Stand together. Sing together. As God leads, you come.